This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Brace yourselves for a noble horror, because the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program has returned. Yes. Nerdy Show's beloved RPG audio drama of black comedy and Lovecraftian horror is back with an all-new series, a chilling tale called The Terrible Secret of Lot X. Head to CthulhuMystery.com or find the Call of Cthulhu Mystery program wherever you procure fine podcasts. Succumb to the maddening call of Cthulhu. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. It contains content that may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. All Nerdy Show podcasts are made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. Discover the many ways you can join in at nerdyshow.com. Before we get too far into our stuff, I think I want to play... uh Russian roulette. Can I opt out? No. Let's let's do. What do you say to a little bit of Doug Watch? Oh, oh let's do a Doug Watch. Yeah. Let's do Doug Watch. So I know that Doug has been working on some stuff with Cap called Kate Was Here. It's a one-on-one RPG game. Ooh, Doug is an isn't an assassin for hire. He does it for the love of the game. Yeah. Um, however, there have been some whispers of other foul play afoot in the Philippines. Ooh, in the Philippines. <laughs> That's what the Doug Watch was about. <laughs> Speak of the devil. Disparage his name and he comes. We'll use the. We'll use and the, the and the extra. Chair. I should have put this together. <laughs> I should have been able to put this together. All right, let me let me cue up his mic. I'm now angry at myself that I didn't know. It's odd for just instigate Doug Watch. <laughs> That was a true surprise. Right on. I just got to get closer to the mic, too. So what's the, when minutes. the door kicked open, my brain didn't even register you standing there. I was like, quest. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> 20 yep. more. Are we, are we rolling now? Like, are, are, am, I, am I? Yeah, we were rolling. Oh, we're all going. Okay, because uh, I was going to say, before I was so rudely interrupted, oh. <laughs> uh, we were on uh, Scoundrel Step 3, I think. So <laughs> yes. uh, I had some great ideas for Step 3. So, you know. Please. Uh-huh. Everybody, welcome to Design Episode 49 of RPG from Scratch. It has been a bit, this is COVID time, so things are <laughs> things get pretty dicey when it comes to schedules. But uh, we got a great surprise for the listeners. We have Mr. Doug Banks. Hello. So uh, it's been a while since you've been here, Doug. Mm-hmm. How do you like the change to the setup other than the big mess in front of you right now? This is comfortable. I'm Before, we had the table in a different position, mm-hmm. and it was like... It's weirder to walk around, and I can see that we've streamlined uh, as, as little as it may be. It's, this feels more streamlined and uniform. Sure. And these headphones are way comfier than the ones I was wearing before. Yeah, those yeah. are the ones I edit with. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the big boy ones. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they're the open backs. So before we get into RPG from scratch, I kind of want to mm-hmm. touch base with you. Mm-hmm. We, were, we started doing Doug Watch before you got here, but now we have it from the man himself. Yeah. What have you been up to? Uh, Tell us about the Philippines. Well, um, <laughs> my, my travels around the world were cut short due to COVID. I've been self-isolating because i currently staying at my dad's, and he is at high risk yeah. uh, because he's had history of asthma and everything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. So I have, I've, I've been isolated indoors a lot, which I don't mind because I'm an indoors person. I'm, I'm a you know, gamer nerd. So. Do you regret causing COVID at this point? <laughs> <laughs> I... I, I Mistakes were made. Okay. (laughs) But the time indoors has gotten me into looking into other RPG systems. Um, A lot of stuff went on sale and I would buy it. I've been running games online and I think Josh was talking about I've been running the one player RPG called Kate Was Here. Yeah. The whole reason I did that was because I'm like, I don't know if I'd get comfortable doing this. This is way outside my wheelhouse. I don't know. Seems very intimate if you haven't done it. Yeah. And and I and very contrary to how I usually run a game, this is very open sandbox, very fly by the seat of my pants, very like I'm not gonna prepare. Everything wants me to prepare, but I'm going against my instinct and intentionally going in like 
as as blind as possible to as as a GM, um, and that's been an interesting sort of hurdle to get over. But I do feel like it has made me better. And at first, when it's very intimate with one player, I've grown very comfortable with it because when you have a player who's like ready to throw themselves into it and just go with like whatever you do and, and contributes as much, you're not as managing as much as the, the other players. So it's easier to tricks, you know, like to be like, oh, well, well then there's this, and this, this like this sort of sleight of hand type of thing. Instead of uh, being like, okay, one of them wants to kill the other one and steal from Right, them. <laughs> right, right. It comes with a whole other list of problems that... Um, Self-loathing, existential dread. <laughs> not not really. It's just, it's di- it's the same, same kinds of, I don't even say problems, it's just part of the game. There's the same hurdles to overcome in the game as you would with a party of people. Mm-hmm. But there's very different solutions to those problems because it's one player. I could do a whole. We could do a whole dissection. So of there's that, only one player like. in combat. Yeah, everything else is NPC. But we. This... When do you use your phone when it's not your turn in combat? <laughs> That's the other thing. It <laughs> yeah. kind of cuts down on people like falling asleep at yeah. the wheel. It's just like, what are you gonna do? Oh, sorry, I wasn't listening. He's like, there's no one else here. <laughs> I've been talking to you this whole time. <laughs> no, that's why it's yeah. way more offensive. But yeah, I could I could talk endlessly about it. Um, but I did feel like I've learned a lot, and I am a better GM because of it. So I would recommend trying it at least once. The whole premise of Kate was here was that again, me doing an experimental GM thing. I wanted to try and tell an, uh, a story, or have a player experience a kind of story that would sweep them off of. Like, not off of their feet like romance, but like sweep them up into an adventure that they weren't anticipating. So the example I was giving uh, was I said, I was telling, hey, Cap, Cap, I want to play a Jurassic Park RPG. Do you want to play? And if she says, yeah, then she'd be like, all right, what type of character do you want to make? She's like, oh, I want, you know, someone who could run, jump, shoot, and yeah. and punch dinosaurs. And it's like, well, great, but that's not what Jurassic Park is like. If you want to live in Jurassic Park, I got to say, Cap, I'm making an RPG. I'm not going to tell you what it's about, but you're about to go on a cruise ship. You know, and you're yeah. going to go on a vacation, and then, oh, no, here comes a rogue wave. Oh, no, you're washed up on an island. How do you survive? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Da-da-da. Then, like, two hours into it, I go, you finally see some signs of civilization. There's a Jeep, and there's mud all over it. And as you run over to the Jeep, and you smear the mud off the side door, it says Jurassic Park. And that's when you go, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. So the idea that if you're going to get wrapped up in a story that takes you from the ordinary world into some special Spielbergian or heightened uh, film reality, mm-hmm. which obviously I'm a big cinematic storytelling kind of guy. Are you? I, I, I think of myself as maybe not not in physical terms, but uh, uh, emotionally, I'm very invested. Just being sarcastic, Tom. <laughs> but this is a story uh, that is uh, it is based on an IP, but it's a mystery on purpose, so that when you, the listener, and Cap get to have that same reveal at the same time, and Cap went into it completely blind, had no idea what was happening until the big like shoe drops, and then suddenly it's like, oh fuck. So why did you That's pick awesome. the borrowers? <laughs> it's not the borrowers. <laughs> because it's the best story ever I'll, told. I'll say uh, the, the genre going into it, I, the, what I told Cap as a prompt is um, it's a contemporary uh, sci-fi adventure story that has mild, very, very light dystopian elements, um, but it is a hopeful uh, sort of trajectory. So player piano, got it. <laughs> um, but you'll see, if, or you'll hear rather, if yeah. you decide to listen. That's awesome. The other part of the experimental nature of it is that um, I, you know, with Ghostbusters Resurrection and other... Uh, nerdy show and omniverse programs we do a lot of post-production work with music and effects and everything uh i'm doing it live with a soundboard and uh i've had mixed results trying to do that in the past with larger groups i played Mm. a game of indiana jones with josh and several other people and it worked but i think everybody felt a little like i was distracted because i was trying to yeah do that at the same time but thankfully when there's only one other player i just be like and some heavy shit just happened think about that and then immediately you know like whatever and the fact that there's an actual physical not physical but like an actual soundboard where i just hit a button and don't think about it instead of having to like scroll through a mm-hmm. you know a, a window or whatever and find something so and not to mention since you're being recorded so yeah. cap can't just have her own internal thoughts about things she has to yeah. She has to kind of go over her character's thought process for the sake of the listener. It gives Doug time to catch up. That's true too. And um, and, but the whole thing is uncut, so all my ums and uhs and you know all the raw dead air of me being like, oh shit, I didn't think of that. You know, like mm-hmm. like you can you can it's it's just a really raw experience. That sounds cool. Uh, I I do now have a question about the game itself though. Uh huh. Is there a mechanic that allows you to talk to yourself, or is that just what you do in it? Um. Well, what like, do you mean, like talk like, to yourself? D- like, does it? When the player is explaining their motivation to uh-huh. you, does it feel like when you're in an adventure game oh, and like, the characters it... just be like, oh, a monkey. I wonder if you could pry something off with that. Mm-hmm. No. Like, uh, so, no. I mean, not not particularly. Uh, the, the IP that this is in doesn't necessarily have 
that thing to it. Mm-hmm. But because it's such a collaborative, it's very story focused, not so much combat focused. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it has that constant back and forth, Cap has no problem speaking out loud, like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm kind of whatever. And I can actually use that feedback to alter what NPCs do to her because there's been many instances, because she's playing a younger character too. She's playing like a high schooler and she's just like, I'm a kid. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm scared of my fucking mind. Like, there's things about to go down. Some heavy shit's about to happen. And then I'm like, well, an NPC says maybe you should do... (laughs) Like, comes in and kind of helps uh, put things back on track because in character, she's very much like, I'm not qualified to handle this. So having her speak that out loud, out of character, fits in with how we're collaboratively building this uh, story. So I kind of want to deal with some higher level stuff now. Like, well, higher level, conceptual stuff. Cerebral things. Good thing Doug's here. Mm -hmm. Ephemeral. (laughs) <laughs> some would say adding more jesus into the game can we not okay jesus we'll put that right on there Here put a go. pin in that yep human sacrifice let's get that in there <laughs> no i, I mean, mean we've had that for yeah, yeah. Nope. <laughs> forever it's not cannibalism if you're not human that well yeah but kelton eats pig yeah, that's it's cannibalism. Can, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Hey. If I eat monkey, it's not cannibalism. But I mean, he just straight up, like, if he kills... He'll eat guff. Yeah, if yeah. he kills a guff, he'll eat Well, I mean, cannibalistic rituals are important for many cultures. Yeah. So my my biggest first concern is, now that we've we've played this a few times, and we've introduced the dice tier system and, and alternate ways to level up, do players level up too quickly? And when I say too quickly, being like, oh, there's, no, there's no amount that's too quick. Let them have fun. Every time you level up, you're taking on new information. Mm-hmm. And, and in our system, maybe quite a lot of it. Is the pace too fast for this to feel like a natural progression? Well, isn't leveling up the player's choice? It is. But let's break it down to a typical play group, right? So we've got five total people, one GM, four players. And then every other week, somebody's leveling up. Like, let's say the same player is leveling up every two weeks. I would say that's too fast. Yes, and I... But that has not been my experience. No, I'm playing this game. This is just a. This is a I, I, if, hypothetical. If, if if you're leveling up too fast, I wonder if you're not spending your your momentum. Sure, but like, then you're like, but then you're still choosing to level up. But it's your choice. It's like yeah. if it's a, I I think I think the idea of someone going too fast is ultimately up to uh, a player and a GM because if you have a group like the group, let's just say in this mm-hmm. example, and one player is leveling up. Like not not spending any momentum, leveling up every every single chance they get. Everyone else is like, listen, we're actually like playing the game. We're saving momentum. We're not doing that. If they start to outpace the group, then that would be a problem. Well, I guess that's not really what I'm worried about. I'm not, I'm not worried about player balance or even power creep at all. Uh, at least for for this hypothetical, what I'm worried about is this cognitive load too high for right. a player. Well, but they but they voluntarily take it on. Sure, sure, but you voluntarily take it on. But is there a, I guess, how would I put this? I think there are two ways to probably curb this. I don't know if it's true. I want to introduce this because now you can level up at 20 momentum by just increasing a skill, right? Mm-hmm. Or increasing a uh, attribute. Perf- yeah. Or you can increase a you know, profession to, and once you do three, you've, you've leveled up. Now, if you take another step, step four Citadel is hefty cognitive load. There's, yes. You really I have to. I will agree with that. How much time should you have at a level until you feel like your character is progressing? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There is a reward to leveling up that means less if it happens every week, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. Okay. So how quick, let's say number of sessions, right? Like, yeah. like number of sessions you should spend at a level where it's reasonable. I would say four is maybe a good number. I was going to say four, yes. Yeah. Because if you meet once a week for a month, at uh, the end of the month you level up. That seems all right. That seems roughly okay. And 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 four sessions at one level. And, and let's imagine you're spending momentum the whole time. You're yeah. you're doing yeah. the things. And, and but also like seven is so much where you would you would level up, you would get to the level up point, and you would either have so much anticipation, or you would have forgotten that that's a thing you do. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh shit. Okay. And what's the cosmic average on sessions played? Is is it seven? Yeah. Is it like? Is it like? Uh, if each se- four sessions is each session session three hours two hours. I just mean like you know. before a party breaks up. Like. I, would, I would say most most play group, well before COVID. Yeah. yeah. Most play groups would probably say four hour session, right? Mm-hmm. Four four hour session is the average, and we try to meet once a week or once every other week, and then if it takes four sessions to level up, this is, I don't really want to get bogged down in the math. I just kind of want to feel the full shape of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
then we should probably shoot for that and pay attention if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. if it starts to feel like we're shooting way past that, like we're leveling up way faster than that, then that's probably a problem that we can address very with by making very small tweaks. But I, I am worried about the cognitive load of me being like, well, I guess I'll just level up again. Like that doesn't feel good. Hmm. You know, <laughs> just being like, yeah, like, oh, well, I've got, yeah, I guess I'll level up, whatever. Like that sucks. <laughs> you know, you want to be stoked about it. Yeah. But then the person who's not spending momentum can potentially succeed on every roll and get you know that snowball going and get more and more momentum which is good i like that method of play but i think the only way to kind of reel both of them in is to increase difficulty until it matches right because the the person who's saving their momentum to level up doesn't want to die if they lose this roll. yeah so they're probably gonna have to spend momentum and then the person who is not leveling up if you keep increasing the difficulty it's like okay yeah you succeeded the roll, but you didn't do enough damage yeah i think we have a lot of that baked in already because mm-hmm. we were doing the solo sessions. We're four sessions in. No one is leveled up. Yeah. Actually, I think the, the, the one of the main problems is trying to explain uh, trying to explain to players who have never played before mm-hmm. how important it is to not have uh, your tank at half health and how that is very, very dangerous. Yeah, keep, keep them topped <laughs> off for sure. Like... Yeah, it's, I think when I was playing as Frixa, I think every round of combat, I was like, Doug, what's your health at? Yeah. <laughs> Doug, what, what, what's it at? Still one of the most beautiful moments of gaming. Doug's finally in a hallway. Yeah. God damn it. That was when I was just like, oh, now the now it's a game. Yeah. <laughs> now it's, no, no, it wasn't a game. It was a meat grinder. Yeah. <laughs> you you knew what my character was, and you I built know. a hallway. You yeah. built a bottleneck. I know I did. It's nice to be able to do I, the thing your character was doing. I yeah, also right, knew right. Max was playing. I figured yeah. he would do something stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, we can't really hit him with ranged attacks. And they're like, well, don't. He'll just... Doug will just keep poking him until he's dead. Like, yep. don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> don't need rage attacks. I'll say no, some, no. You did the rage attacks. You just took yeah. the negative four, and we we're like, who gives a shit? Yeah. The, the the great thing about Liam as a, as a as a DM is that even when we are completely sabotaging whatever expectation he had, he goes with it and it ends up being extremely memorable. Yeah. So it's like it's some very positive memories from times where I could just see the face, like God damn, just what the fuck? Like yeah. he's completely stewing. Yeah. Then when like the. The seven of us fought like the orc council yeah. or whatever. We, I feel like the whole time we're trolling him as opposed to like playing a game. Like, everybody get in one big clump. Yeah. Make him come to us. And lay, like... lay the bodies of the slain assassins <laughs> yeah. like a draw a line in the sand. That shit was dope. So, all right. It's just good to have everybody here. This yeah. is this is good. Well, then I guess we'll just keep an eye on that because I, I do think that if I'm just leveling up by accident, that's not yeah. what we want. We don't. We don't want that. We want leveling up to feel like the story moment. We've done in our in our actual play campaigns, choosing to level up at instant speed yeah. is awesome yeah. in the moment. It does. It feel, it's a good moment, mm-hmm. and it's a moment I haven't had playing other tabletop. Never. <laughs> yeah. I think the only times I've had that moment, there's something similar, is in like video games where the second you level up, your health and mana yeah. fully refill. Yeah. And, and you're, you're like, ooh, new ball game. Yeah, and now, <laughs> you're like, I was going to die, but here we go. Yeah, that's that's the closest I've gotten to it. Like and that the, is a good feeling. You're in the middle of fighting, uh, like, a dragon or a frost troll in Skyrim. And then suddenly it's just, like, in the middle of it, like, quick, hit, tap. And you suddenly, now yeah. you pick your stars, you come back down. Great, we're ready to go. So I guess what I'll move on to next is is we've all now GM'd the system. What about skill challenges? I have not made something specifically to be an, uh, a skill encounter. I've, d- I've done it in Dungeons & Dragons and stuff like that, but I feel like in systems like Dungeons & Dragons and Pathfinder, you're either in a situation where you're using skill checks or you're in combat, right? Like mm-hmm. that's generally, you're, you're doing one or the other, and I would like for that line to be very blurred in our system about what counts and what doesn't, but I do feel like skill events have like a lot of utility mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. they're, they're, they they really do help people decide what their characters are good at you know it creates fun story moments about you know especially when somebody fails that's the best how do we feel about skill challenges in our system are they too like i guess i use the word ephemeral already but too vague no i i almost don't think they are because in my experience of running games in the system the they're i use skill challenges pretty pretty infrequently mostly i let it be a toolbox of how they inter- in, like interact mm-hmm. with the story so i i usually use skills for like as prep mm-hmm. more more often than not where where I, it's like i built i 
augmented my shield to do a thing because I I'm a tinker or I'm a mechanic or I do this or mm-hmm. yeah I've I've been I've been noticing that I use them as a kind of I don't want to say crutch tool how about this as a tool to kind of give me an answer I don't have you know where where somebody's like well would it have this or would it have that well why don't you roll to see if you would know that and they roll really yeah. well. I'm like, it does. In fact, there's a place down the street. You know, like yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. That's where. <laughs> but I've noticed, like, let's say the detective rolls to investigate, the but then so does the the barbarian. So does the archer, mm-hmm. and maybe the archer notices or something. But it's like, I don't know. Does everyone just get in on that automatically? That's so. That's something. I think we we talked about this before, and mm-hmm. it's and it and somebody becomes the group leader for a group role. Yeah. Or everybody can roll individually, but I think mm-hmm. if everybody allows a group reader roll, they get a bonus for each person. Like it's it's like aiding, except yeah. for you're not. Yeah. You're giving up yours. Yeah. To, to to let them do it. So maybe like a plus one bonus to the result for every person who chooses not to roll. Yeah, and I almost like that idea because. The archer could notice something. Yeah, be, an yeah. eagle-eyed archer could yeah. notice something mm-hmm. and then be like, "Hey, what's that?" And the detective's like, "Cool, all yeah. right." But this it's just is been like my game. And, and a plus one bonus. I think per is enough incentive to be like, "Well, if he's only getting a plus three, mine's almost the same as his. He, how about he gets a plus two and I'll roll too?" Yeah, like that's that, because then now the role play aspect of it is complete because you are pretty likely to notice too. You know, like that's it, you you make the choice for your group. If you all are very perceptive, then everybody should be rolling because the odds are yeah, will work better. better yeah. Yeah, cuz just regular D&D would be like, I'm not that great at it, but there's no penalty for me not rolling, so why yeah. not in case mm-hmm. I get a 20? Like Yeah. Yeah, it should be the things you I don't think should be able to roll on are things or choose to let somebody roll for the group is things like stealth. Yeah. You know, if you're trying to sneak past a group of people, everybody, sorry, could, could everybody it throw the, your hats in. I, I, I will even say stuff that is very specifically trained mm-hmm. is also something that I, I don't let people roll. And they're like, I, I don't have any information on first aid. Let me try first aid. I'm like, no, no, because that person or someone mm-hmm. in the area would go, no, what are you fucking doing? You yeah. don't know what you're doing. Get uh, away from I was, was going to say lo- it, local knowledge. If yeah. anybody, If anybody does have in their background or whatever local knowledge, Everybody there should be allowed to ro- roll. But if sure. you have a player who is from out of town, maybe they don't get to yeah. to add to this at all. Could it could it be that you add an element of risk to it for th- that the players would know before? Th- so, for example, medical roll. Like, oh, uh, well, you know, we have a first aid kit here or whatever that we can do whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, norm- our healer is down. Okay, so who's going to be the one that does this? It's like, well, why don't we all try? Because what's the worst that could happen? Well, if you have the dumb barbarian who like literally has nothing and they're rolling just in case they get a critical success, there could be a penalty in place. It's like, well, listen, uh, if you if you fail by a margin of 10, you not only fail, you think you succeeded and made it worse. I think just the potential that you didn't add to the person who's most likely to succeed on the roll. Mm-hmm. Um is probably risk enough. Yeah, I guess if that makes sense. Like, like for for players who aren't uh, murder hobos, <laughs> like crazies, yeah. you know. Well, like, but, th- but think like so the barbarian, you'd be like, okay, well, I get a nothing to my roll. Mm-hmm. This guy gets plus ten. We know the difficulty is twenty. Sure. I could give that guy a plus one, or I could not give him a plus one yeah. and try to hit sure. a, hit yeah. a natural twenty. Like I feel like that really because uh, then because then if neither of you get it. Which is very, it's very likely the barbarian's not going to roll a natural 20. Right, right. So, I don't know. I feel like the risk will be relative to what happens when you fail, you know, depending mm-hmm. on the situation. But I don't know. Table that, maybe. Just, yeah. Just think about that because our skill challenges, I've, I've noticed, have been very unfocused compared to when it was Dungeons and Dragons and we created these whole encounters that were skill based. I mean, I've done a couple things where I was like, when you're investigating, somebody do this, roll this, you're going to climb this, you know, and whoever fails there's this much time mm. that's fun but um it's a quick time event yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it i feel like our skill system is general enough so that people hopefully won't feel encumbered or not wanting to risk rolling you know like so if we're in combat and they're like how like could i swing off that chandelier and it's like you could maybe it would be this and this and you're like oh i know i would not be able to do that you know unless yeah. i've spent like four momentum and so momentum <sighs> I was going to say, but also momentum does add uh, mm-hmm. so much potential to be like, no, I do it anyway. Yep. Because I'm heroic, damn it. I think it's also worthwhile telling somebody the difficulty of a task if the difficulty would be obvious to their character. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna sw- I want to swing on that chandelier. Okay, 
it's up high, it's this far away, it's a difficulty 20, and they'll be like, oh, it's that difficult? And you're like, well, you would be able to see that. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, that's useful. If, I, if you're looking at a jump between two buildings as a human being in real life, you mm-hmm. go like, oh, I don't think I'd make that. You can, yeah. you have spatial awareness. You feel yes. confident yeah. up to the edge. And then yeah, and you're like, that. nope. Uh, there's many times I, I wouldn't even ask for a skill check. Like, uh, I've played games where someone's like, well, I want to go climb this thing and jump off the thing and I go yeah I, I, I'm not even going to give you a number because I'm telling you it's so tall you'd be uncomfortable and then most of the time the players have been like oh okay I didn't realize it's yeah because like, once yeah. you clarify then it's you know I guess that's where I feel like the number does have utility though right because because mm-hmm. if you're like yeah there's two buildings they're this far apart he's like oh I should be able to make that jump right and he's like I, I think maybe you don't understand how far it is this is a this will be a difficulty of 60 mm. yeah you know and they're like oh <laughs> you know, like, like okay although i, I do I, no I one do, else is jumping right it's just me do i get a, do I get a bonus <laughs> i do i do log for the day where someone's like okay and they're just Vroom. i make it yeah i just spend all my momentum to make this jump and it's like okay yeah breeze helps yeah, the wind the wind comes in <laughs> well you know you take the deer entrails no. and lower yourself a rope that's true reality bends slightly at this point and they kind of get closer but only for a moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) that wasn't flying it was falling with style 25 years that movie came out (laughs) looks terrible (laughs) yeah it doesn't look as good still just as good yeah yeah but it it definitely looks like one of those imagine 3d vhs as we used to have it's not as bad as like ants no but someone was trying to defend ants to me recently there's no defending ants Like it's better than a bug's life. I'm like, go, uh, Sylvester fucking stolen. Fuck you. <laughs> so along with skills, I, I guess I have another meta level question. How often do we feel like dice and the the possibility of of being able to roll them gets in our way? Uh, whose way? The GM or the player? Both. Let's say both, because I'm I'm the player, and I'm like, can I just? I mean, I'm from this area. I've lived in this town my whole life. I don't know where the supermarkets are. Well, that's you know, like that's yeah. I, th- I, it's up to a GM to be like, no, you're right. Like, just be like, mm-hmm. oh no, you're right. You're from the next town over. You would at least know where blah 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 is. Mm-hmm. As a you know, yeah. And I think I think you try and try and use your best judgment with that. And there there has been a lot of times I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm looking for this flower, and then I do make a roll, but not if they find it if they're just around. Right. Like right. that kind of situation of if they're around, it's a flower, you see it. Yeah, and. And I guess there's the opposite of that, where I'm like, I've built this character to work in a certain way, and I get very excited when it gets to do it, right? Yeah. And then I go, I go, okay, now I want to do this. And then the GM goes, well, you're, you're so good, you don't have to roll for that. I'm kind of like, oh, well, that's why I came now, here to now, do. Now yeah. you know what it's like to be Briggs when he wants to drive a car. <laughs> it's like every time it's like, can I roll drive to get there? Or like, Briggs, if as soon as you decide to roll, you are risking failure. Doug has not asked you for a roll, so if you just say yes, I drive there, and Doug allows like, it, like, you do it automatically. We are also just you're just driving a car. This is yeah. not a. It's like okay, so you drive to the store, and yeah. when you get there, look, well, can I roll to drive? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> okay, roll to turn. I on. mean, there's no more you risk in reality when yeah. I go out and drive. You know, there's a, there's a yeah. random chance someone's gonna hit me. Roll for your uh, <sighs> serpentine belt to break. It's like God, it. Well, ha- I don't want to do Man, that. Don't, don't, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. don't mention it. My car's right outside. It just, it just got too real. <laughs> <laughs> it broke on my birthday this year. It was Shit. so. Oh. Yeah. One, it was early lockdown. Mm. I was like, just going to the store, gonna pick up these things that I need. Turn the car on, and I just heard it go, and I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> well, uh, so but it, but yeah, in terms of, in terms of the game, as from a GM perspective, uh, I wouldn't. It's weird how, as a GM, I tend to not want a role. I don't. I don't ask for a roll unless I feel like there's a there's a decent chance of failure. Where I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, well, you would like the flower. Like, oh, yeah. you'd find that it's right. They're all over the place. Um, but as a player, I do want to roll for everything because I have them sitting there right in front of me, and I just like, rolling is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think. Um, so instead of being like, roll for a flower, it, roll to find a flower. It's like roll to see how many you find. Yeah, yeah. That's like a that's because yeah. you still want to roll dice. Like yeah. that's what you're here for. Or do you find a good one? You know, mm-hmm. like if you're looking for herbs or four leaf clover. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that's a good, that's a good way to do it. And and I do feel like it's as a, as a DM, I want to roll as little as possible. Agreed. Agreed. Um, not to avoid things, but that I want my players to roll. Yeah. And I yeah. want my, I want, I want me to roll less and them to roll more. And I think they'll, agree, they would agree with and wanting like to do that. Early winter, you know, then the roll would come in. But like, 
oh, I'm looking for this flower. Like, oh. maybe you can find one under a tree somewhere. Like, mm. Although I, I do think my least favorite role that players want to make all the time, because it's the thing that I actually really want to do and that uh, some players are very uncomfortable with, I don't mind negotiation, diplomacy, or intimidate checks. Mm-hmm. But after you do it, you still got to do it. Yeah, I need I need those role playing moments. I need those. Um, I, I I really like those moments. Yeah, but if a player uh, does, naturally yeah. isn't very like I don't force it witty but... or whatever, I I am very forgiving with that. But I but I often will say like uh, sometimes I will have a player role play it first and then roll the dice yeah. to see how effective it is. Yeah, because because if you player, role play it well, right. I include that as a bonus. Yeah, that's... as a player, I like the opposite. Only because I enjoy role playing. I like being like I'm going to try to convince him of X Y Z. Yeah, and then roll and I fail, and it's like okay. Instead, I say yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> doing that is I think is oh, at no, least I, for me more fun. Oh no, I then make them role play them speaking badly about it. Yeah. like you have to fuck this up. But the, the, I feel like this is this one we kind of already do a little solving for with momentum period because yes. mm-hmm. because we'll go like uh, I am perfectly comfortable with a player being like I don't know what I want to say. I just know I want to get this across, and I know my character's good at it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so it's those specific things you're trying to get across. Go ahead and give me a roll. They give you a roll, one, great job. But then they see the other players around the table being like, this, this, and this. You're like, okay, you know what? You failed that roll, but plus one momentum. You know, like that's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. the... Yeah, I, I do think we're already there. We're, oh, man, getting to a point where you have a joke that doesn't land for you and lands for everyone else, and three other people are like, Give this person who is not me <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. I did yeah. get something out of this. I got a very good joke. Or and Give me one momentum over 100 gold pieces. for like Oh, oh yeah. In the three months when we get to a store, you know. Like, yeah. yeah. That one, by the way, that one momentum this is going to give me way more mileage than yeah. like 100 gold pieces. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm going to add it to the thing where I'm like, this needs to land. Yeah, you've yeah. never been in a, in a situation where it's like, I need to make that jump across the alleyway. I wish I had 100 gold on me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I maintain if all that moment, even if momentum wasn't used in leveling, momentum feels different, again, because of the narrative layer we put on it. it like Momentum is how you exist in a story. Mm. Getting momentum means that was your scene. Yeah. You were the one, like, if this was the movie that you were watching, you'd be like, that character's great. I love that character. And you spend it when you're like, this is my moment. Yes. You know, that's... I, this needs to happen for yeah. me. But it's even better when it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> when you spend the momentum and you still fuck up, and then you're just like... God, oh, that Even moment. worse. It happens. Yeah. I do like how we all, we quickly landed on the rule, never spend one momentum. Yeah. It's just not worth the risk of, of risking critical failure. If you're going to go, yeah. go hard. But then, if you crit, you get it back. Yeah. Your axe goes flying six spaces away. And you're just like, like, shit. Well, no, it's not crit. If you get a natural 20. 
Yeah. Because yeah. if you roll a one and you're a rogue, like, no. you're not getting your momentum no. back. That's that's a fail-safe built in for damage. Uh, okay. We're on level six now. Mm-hmm. We're, we're getting there, and I kind of want to know what it's like to try to play a level six character. All right. And how tough is it really? You know what I mean? Like, do you do do we have a hard time juggling all those 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 balls at the same keeping all those plates spinning? I guess would be the, <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a fucking like all right. Year I old. kept it pretty. <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't. Listener, you like... Liam's sitting over there, red faced with his lips pressed together, <laughs> looking in, looking into everybody's <laughs> yeah. eyes, waiting for us going, to laugh. Going, hmm. <laughs> listeners didn't know until that moment. No, you play the me. audio back. You Josh. outed you me. Single out his audio and listen to it. You're gonna hear him. You said that while I was sitting over here with the um, the D6 with the three that looks like balls. <laughs> I just been giggling for like ten minutes. To that. <laughs> so level six, you get. Would you guys want to do a like a short, quick test run as level six characters, like we did for yeah. like level ten dice tier ter- characters? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I like to do that. I'll set up like a boss fight or something, and I'll, I'll set up something that where things happen in specific orders, and we can all just play it. And then we go, okay, well, next round now this happens, and next round now this happens. Because I I do that, that's a constant worry of mine is that we are throwing too much at players in in too, in bursts that are too hard to handle. Okay. And if we're spacing it out enough, but I think what we could do is is make it so that we can each design our characters, and um go any route you wish like you level six however you want to do it okay and see how tough that is i mean primarily i i might just make a level six regibald because he was yeah one of my favorite that could be fun command citadel is just just real fun what if we just did three command (laughs) it would rip up everything (laughs) however i do well i do think worrying about high level cognitive load is important Uh, i do think i am i'm kvetching a bit about something that's not important right now because right now focusing on what the new player experiences is probably mm-hmm. most important mm. yeah and so far i mean we're it's it's okay like the feedback we've gotten is mostly positive however it's from our friends mostly yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they already like us but uh but i, I think the the test run is is going to be important um because i even think the cognitive load of something like dailies or encounter abilities and the fact that you're limited to one per encounter or two per encounter on one makes that pretty easy. And I don't, but I don't even think like by level six, anyone has more than four at wills, right? Or I guess you could, you if could. you built your character that way. Yeah. If you, if you made a told in and then went s- step one down two other paths, you yeah. know, like you could easily have multiple at wills. But also, if you built that character, who are you? Why are you this way? <laughs> Why would you do this to your friends? I'm a Swiss Army knife, and I'm all of all of the knives are bad. Well, I think actually it would probably work okay. It'd be fine. Yeah, because I mean you're leveling up every time, so your the damage yeah. and stuff is increasing. Um, Doug, do you have any interest in GMing it? Yes, uh, especially since now I've been learning some of the different uh rule sets for different games mm-hmm. i'm really curious to come back to it now especially since you've all made so much progress on it oh. and to see like how much mo- how easily can i slip into it as opposed to like before i was like i'm a little intimidated because i've never run like D before you know i've run like very theater of the mind very uh non-combat focused stuff so now it's this will be another uh way to uh test my limits I, I've, been, I've been trying to expand into a bunch of different games to try and like stretch that muscle to see uh like you know, I I do one thing and I've done it really well. It's time to try other games. <laughs> so this this definitely needs to be in there. I think it'd be great because in my experience GMing it, I mean I know we did create it together, so I'm I have a leg up on a new GM on understanding the system. Sure, mm-hmm. it's been pretty easy to just be like, there's these many things. They do this. Yeah, let's go. Like and and it and it's become a lot easier to increase the difficulty because the numbers, unlike my experience with Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder and and uh, and other systems. Is it's less swingy. Mm-hmm. Ours is ours doesn't have these big swings that like what we would consider a big swing in this system, which was like um, when I was playing Frixa and I stab a guy and then blow him up with retributions. A big swing is nothing compared to critting it's in like thirty. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not even close. So I think it's easier to GM as a result because if you just are like okay, well I'm gonna increase everything by one for these enemies, you will see very easily that that is, and it's also that's not gonna kill everybody accidentally right. you know it, it's it just there's a lot less risk in making adjustments like that but that goes into my next 
topic. Um, we talked about creating tools to help GMs GM this. Yeah. What would those tools look like? Um, I think we would have to have something like a monster manual, but it would just be use like code words for things like bruiser. Yeah. Like archetypes or yeah. yeah. Ar- ar- archetypes, possible abilities. And then you'd be like, okay, cool. Here's also a, a list of actual monsters that exist in, in the world of, of Erd or whatever mm-hmm. we're doing. And then be like, um, you know, if you want to chalk it up to this difficulty, make sure it's about here. Mm. And if it's this big or, or this advanced, throw an extra ability on it. Mm. Just pick from the ability chart. Uh, I think try to make the monsters as varied and plug and play as, as the the path system is. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way to go. That's what it's felt like making. I always try to be like, okay, well, I, for instance, when we did the pr- we're doing the prison break is where we left off with uh, uh, Leyliners. Um, you mean the Thin Lizzie? Yeah. Yeah, the Thin Lizzie. <laughs> the jailbreak. When I created, I'm like, you're going to face a bunch of guards. Doug would know more about this. What's the, who gave the advice, give everybody a limp and an eye patch? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, that's a screenwriting thing. It's, it's really fucking old. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's like William Goldman old. I, I remember, I remember when we were playing early uh, tests of this, you were very quick to point out like, all right, you're fighting these, they're basically like gnolls or whatever. And you're like, uh, this one has like a wooden leg and this one has an eye patch. That's whatever. Like, yeah. I see what you're doing, but this is cool. <laughs> Cause it was good to reference it as we were going around. Yeah. yeah. It, it makes it a lot easier as a GM and for your players to know who's been hit, what, and, and just by giving everybody a limp and an eye patch. Yeah. It's easier for everybody to visualize what's happening. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what and, I've what I've done is is like I'll just write down like, oh, this red shirt, this one's got this, and like you switch up the weapons, and all of our weapons have very specific bonuses or whatever. The the encounter starts to design itself. Yeah. Like I'm I'm making four guards when they have the same hit points. Mm-hmm. They're identical in every way. Now each one has a different weapon. Now this one's got a a limp, so his movement speed speed is reduced, but he's real strong, so he gets he he does extra damage. Or this guy's really young and fast, so is uh, maybe I'll make him a, a Krex. And it's instead of it being this, oh god, I don't know how to design an in- interesting encounter. Mm-hmm. You don't start with an interesting encounter. Yeah, you just go here. They're gonna fight four, and then just start changing small things. And that's that's way one- more my speed than yeah. just the way humans work. Like you have four guys and they're all wearing different colored shirts, and you're like, fuck blue guy, I'm killing that yeah. guy. <laughs> you know, like fuck him. It's like there's no difference between the four of them, but. That guy's going down. Yeah. Some, I think sometimes my favorite way to design an encounter, though, is to be like, okay, here's what the party is good at doing. I'm going to take away one of their tools. And they're going to have to adapt around that and then use and try and compensate and use another one. And that is always fun to see because the moment of panic lasts about a turn. And then they get through a turn without having one of the tools in their tool belt. And they're like, no, I still think we got this. I still, I still think we mm-hmm. we can we can manage this. I also like the more like lately and specifically in layliners, I'm like they're fi- they're going to be fighting a bunch of guards. So when I throw a curveball on something that's a non-standard enemy, I want it to be memorable. However, I do kind of want to see how they deal against standard enemies because I do feel like having a standard enemy or something that feels like you stumbled into a room full of guards that it was a risk of happening. It makes the world feel lived in. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like not everything is an encounter just designed for you to come up against. However, making bosses in our system is very fun. It's so fun. It's so much more fun than I thought it would be just because having them being able to act multiple times around means that the fight is going to have a direction and a flow that the let's take turns bad guy goes then all of the people go. yeah yeah you know it, it's, it's weird to flow and it also makes the thing to make them intimidating it has to be a home run they have mm-hmm. an attack it's a home run attack or it's a bunch of like little yeah. tiny ones the fact that you get to to spread it out makes it more manageable for your healer to just deal absolutely with shit. nobody gets one shot yeah as often um which is again another thing that i think we have we've done really well I think it's I th- playing a healer is good and fun, and I just, I don't understand why more people are aren't drawn to it, or when they try to do it, they try to hybridize it so much, mm-hmm. and then really be like, well, I mostly do ice stuff, but I can heal. I'm like, nah, man, just use your cool sun laser. It's good. Yeah, it's so good. We made it so good. Yeah, healers are good in this system. The th- there's another um 
so okay so back to what the tool would look like right yeah I, maybe just have it a way so that the page is asking interesting questions right so like maybe it's a spreadsheet we can make for them or, or some kind of grid fill out whatever mm -hmm. like a a uh, uh, a template page where they can just write stuff in to help them build an encounter without too much anxiety right yeah so like it would be like the creature what's it look like like creature name what does it look like how much hp all that standard stuff but then we we could use like a boss template and we'll say turn one does it have like a movement action a special action like something like or that. an attack yeah the, the yeah. three basic ones that we've been dealing with yeah. is movement special like conventional attack yeah or, or the real fun one i think is to have its first turn in a round be something that sets up something yeah for its next turn and then its final turn if all three if both of those previous ones landed that that last one is really going to blow up the party and that gives them time you know it, it should be yeah swallow <laughs> a character hey that was uh that was a yeah. failed momentum roll <laughs> yeah that was... <laughs> that was that was not what that character meant to do however that's why in my campaign i was like i'm gonna put 10 guys out there but none of them know how to hold their weapons. <laughs> They're bumpkin militia. But that's fun too. Yeah, right? it makes the world feel lived in, and and our characters felt like soldiers in there. But yeah, but because we were just soldiers, we were also ruthless. Yeah. But but also we weren't. We didn't feel so far above them that it, it felt like, you know, like yeah. any random bumpkin with a pitchfork could kill a soldier. You know, yeah. if they if they did, and we, if they rolled well enough, and we rolled poorly enough. And we weren't like Gulliver with the Lilliputs, you know. We exactly. Like, it was they. We knew that if we well, if if they got pissed off too much, mm -hmm. it's a problem, you know. Yeah, I think I think the problem, the scaling portion, and and I've expressed worry about this before, but the the thing that may make lower characters trivial faster than they should be, uh, sorry, lower NPCs trivial faster than they should be, is how quickly we gain health. Mm -hmm. Right. So we gain like Citadel gains six every every level. If you up your stamina at six every level we might be able to scale back on that later i want to test it a bit okay like maybe citadel gains six uh regular melee gains two and somebody gains one but it's very low but if if the dan if we can reliably make the damage scale this incrementally that won't mean that you don't have enough health in late game right but i want to test it because otherwise we just got to keep up in monster damage, which, I, which is what I'm fine with. I don't know, just because of the way that armor already works, where like being a caster feels super squishy. Yeah, it which feels which I I kind of dig about it. It feels as squishy as D and D, and doesn't feel as canony, but it feels way more mobile. Yeah, and useful to go from Kelton to playing the archer. Oh my god, was insane. Because mm -hmm. Kelton could just stand and take whatever, and then the archer are like, I'm going to run up. Oh, no, shit. I need to get <laughs> back, 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 back. Yeah, this thing hits me twice. I'm yeah. dead. Yeah. They, but the as an archer, you really you are a Gatling gun, right? Yeah, especially that guy. Yeah. Like, it, the, uh, you as, were the finishing blow, I, I think, on something stupid, like 30% of the enemies. Esmond Trod, your, your yeah. fire mage, is just a grenade. Yeah, like it yeah. just just from a distance, just explosions, 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 and you're usually safe. Like if somebody yeah. runs up on you, it, it's everybody's emergency. Like Very the whole so. the whole team is like, nope, gotta save him because if we could just get him some more distance, grenades are gonna keep going off. Yeah, I don't know. I I like the damage output of casters at the moment. Yeah. Um. I like. Oh no, I'm I'm just saying that if we if we scale down, HP. Poof. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That'll be rough on like. Sure. Very, very rough on casters in a way that I the you could you could straight up reduce Citadel, and I don't even think you would notice it that much. Mm -hmm. Six less HP at by by step three or four because of the usually armor. how armored you yeah. are. You don't care. Five less HP for Esmond would I would be like I don't know, dude. It's, I don't. <laughs> I can't. I can't get hit twice. Right. Ever. Yeah, I I feel like that's. Well, to leave the HP discussion out of it for now, because we, I just don't think we've done enough testing, you know, to really qualify. I my worry is that it seems like damage is scaling faster. HP is scaling faster in damage. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and to cope with that, things just need to deal more damage to PCs, mm -hmm. right? So we didn't do any. Uh, we didn't do any step six today, but it was nice to have Doug. Back. Yeah. yeah, it's always Sorry, nice I distracted to see Doug. Him, got you off track. No, I guess, or whatever. But, uh. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's great to have you. Um, 
so those are those are kind of all like meta level concerns, and mm-hmm. I, and I wanted to bring them up here because I think the answers to them will force us to be force us to continue to be creative and not precious with the things we've already come up with. You know, to make it so that everybody's having a good time in late game. Because I just thought of another question I want to ask. All right, all right ask go, it. Go. All right, have we got time? Ask yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it kind of leads me into the final subject when I asked about are people leveling up too fast? Mm-hmm. Is there too much cognitive load as they level? You know, how long should things go between X, Y, Z? All leads me to the question of how long should a campaign be? Now, this is this seems like why would you – I've been in the position where I'm like, why would you set a limit on it, right? No, I, no, I think this is an important question. Yeah, I and, and I've found when I'm a player character, I like knowing that there is an end, and I even like knowing how far along I am. To yeah. the end, because I'm excited to play the next game, you know, and I'm, I'm I, I don't I want to live as this character, but I want there to feel like there's a goal and an ending. Oh, and also, it's very important to say multiple campaigns can star have the same yes. stars in it. That's, yeah, you could you could be running the same crew right through multiple but adventures, it but it shouldn't be. I have her tale. I've never done it mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, this has been one quest. It's been we've been doing it for three years. Yeah. And in game time. This has been a decade. I'm like, and you haven't reached a tangible goal? Like, no. Well, yeah. okay. So so I've, I've actually played this and enjoyed it in Pathfinder. We're doing a Curse of the Crimson Throne campaign, right? And that's six books. It's supposed to get your characters from level one to level 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And it tells you that. Like, when you open the book, yeah. it's like it's designed to get your characters right from the beginning, right through to here, and, and the game will end about here. So... And every book is almost a self-contained adventure related to the rest. Yeah. So what they'll do is is the book has, an, has like, oh, celebration, you just complete whatever problem that was there. You're going to do all these things. Oh, it's a crazy adventure. Oh, there's new intrigue. There's this mm-hmm. and that. And then, oh, we're getting close to this big climax of the second one that will lead us into the next thing. And then, congratulations, that was a big finale of book two. Yeah. And then we'll move on. So let in, in those terms, I found that to be very enjoyable, right, in, in terms of, like uh, – yeah, but if I ask, if you ask how long, like how long should a campaign be? Well, they say, well, this one will last six books. It'll get you from level one to level seventeen. The knowledge of that as a player going in, I think, is useful. Where you're saying, what's this campaign? You know, we haven't written any campaigns. We've not in their entirety. We've no. we've written arcs, yeah. much yeah. in a way like books. You know. So what do we? I think you want to know if you're on the British office or the American office. Are you doing six? <laughs> six episodes you do want to know you want to you know wanna, that. you're doing 32 right you know like so the reason why i asked that is because let's say whatever the book one equivalent of ours is uh, le- mm-hmm. specifically ley liners or echoes of the star crypt that first adventure i would if you asked how far should they get i said i would i would have said anywhere from level because we started zero yeah level zero to level two maybe level three Right, like that's mm-hmm. as yeah. as far as you could reasonably go to progress, and that's what we hit. Yeah, um, but then like in this next one, it's span over a city. I would say anywhere from level two to three, starting two to three, all the way through level maybe seven. So this may seem like splitting hairs, but but it's an important question because it will determine how we look at leveling up in terms of like where should a player be by x time so if you get a level 10 character is that end game level nine you've got step 10 well i mean you could if always, you go one if you go one path but you might want to tell a story where you start at level five you know, yes but, but, but that's that's different right yeah. so like if you create a D character at level 20 that's end yeah. game like you're starting at end game yeah. this is one final world war or whatever you're doing um well their their power at that point is also yeah. Un, especially if you're a caster. You're God. Yeah. I don't think a tenth step. It's not going to be anywhere near that. Uh, yeah. Zealot isn't. But, but we're not. Isn't, isn't, a, isn't a literal God. Yeah. But I don't I don't think we we, we wanted to go in that direction anyway. No. Like no. it was never meant to be like, can you be a demigod by the end of this? It was more of like, no, you're living in a world where magic is, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. this and this and this. And it's fairly realistic. Yeah. I would say because there's literally apotheosis is a thing in Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. And, yeah. And, and Battlefighter. That is, that is a. Uh, yeah. What is a. It's a prestige path in epic levels. Yeah, getting rid of those. I would say, what is a what is a tenth level death look like? I would say an extremely powerful lich, right? You're not a god I, on the power level. You don't become a lich. I'm just saying, like, 
You, I, could, you could have an army. You know, you're 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 the scourge of a whole nation. <laughs> like, oh, I was I was gonna say I agree with that. Like, but rather than like, uh, you're Idi Amin. Like, that's what you're. Mm-hmm. You are you're an accomplished boxer. You were a sergeant in a colonial empire. You became the leader of your country's army, and you had a violent coup, mm-hmm. and then eventually you just had to leave. Yeah, and I would say like, um, so you want to be the necromancer, not Sauron. Yes, that's a good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I would say for like, if you're step ten command, I would say you're like Ender from Ender's Game, right? Like you're that's that's your level. You can you can control entire armies remotely. Spoiler alert. Yeah, but you're not the god emperor of mankind. Correct. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's you can actually do something. <laughs> oh, it's throwing real shade, Max. Don't that's, let the Imperium hear you throw, say that. Throwing heresy is what. It's <laughs> Dark angels. We uh, we waited. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. Let's of, see who wins. And like um, Citadel, like you are the legendary knight. Yeah, you know that's mm. you're, that's that's what you are. You you are literally a wall. Yeah, like Chan- like you could be King Arthur. Like maybe yeah, pull the sword out. Of the I'm cell. saying I'm saying full Galahad because like King Arthur was not the best fighter. Sure, sure, in sure. his own court. Sure. Yeah, and I would say like um, step ten champion, you are Sigurd, the yeah, warrior yeah. of legend. You know, like you're you're the. The one who slays you the are dragon. A, you are a once, <laughs> like, yeah. You are in a once in, in a generation, mm-hmm. almost monster. And I remember we, we we've had these kind of conversations before. The idea of like you get to let like again arbitrary number level mm-hmm. ten, and you're like, well, where do you go from there? It's like, well, I want to keep going. It's like, well, now you're going to take up some other thing. Yeah. Now you're going to learn magic, and now it's yeah. like, all right, I, I, it's like Skyrim. I became head of the thieves guild. Now yeah, I'm going to be head yeah. of the Dark Brotherhood. Like, and, but but at that I, point, like, who would want to keep you around? Like, if you're a king, you don't want Sigurd living in your no, because everyone's like. Why don't we make him king? Yeah. Like, uh, he just knows like, how to kill things. You, be, yeah. you become Galahad. You're like, it's time for me to ride off in the sunset. Yeah. And I'm going to go learn magic. And like, I'm scared for him to ever return. Yeah. <laughs> like, <No. laughs> but the whole thing is, I, I think we already, I, 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 again, already think that we have a solution to that because the, I think the society and the population that we presented in our world is large and robust enough to be like, yeah. And then. Patton went to the country. No, like no one cares. Yeah. Before we talk about epic levels beyond getting to step ten and then taking on another path and yeah, all of that stuff. Before we talk about any of those, because I think we 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 have talked about this before and we said, oh, you can pick up a new core. Yeah. You know, once you get to step ten. Um, can we do like the long walk or whatever? Yeah. Well, well, let's instead of that, let's let's think in terms of campaigns, right? Mm-hmm. So a campaign has a reasonable beginning and ending, and if you, however you want to get there is fine. But generally, you will be level because yeah. our levels work differently. Mm-hmm. Level ten is good because you've gained you've gained ten levels, right? Yeah. Maybe we can think for that in terms of balancing, in terms of in terms of where sh- the the pace of progression. If that makes sense. So, like, because remember you were saying, like, how long should a campaign be? Should a camp, just as a uh, uh, rule of thumb, should, like, for example, a campaign be, like, your, air quotes, guaranteed three levels per campaign? So if you do three campaigns, you get the full... No, campaign is beginning to end. More long? Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like, the life, the full full adventuring life of a character, generally... Is what people talk about campaigns. Adventures are. I I smaller. hate I hate that because that is not what a campaign is. That's because uh, I feel like fine. yeah I feel like, like you that, can this you, is this is the this is the colloquialism. I know right, right, but it's right. but it's stupid. Soldiers served in multiple campaigns Correct. in that's, one war. That's ex- that's how I've been thinking of like whenever I'm talking about a campaign. I think I like, I yeah I know. usually think of like he went on a campaign of something and then right, came back and he like, did three tours of the campaign. Like, yeah, like three yeah. like three or four sessions to me is a campaign because there should be. By the time you do three or four sessions, if you don't have some kind of resolution, then what are mm-hmm. we doing? Yeah. Well, I, I don't really want to reinvent the wheel on the terminology. Right. So, actually, let me rephrase it. I desperately want to, but it would be stupid to not do right so. Not right yeah. now. That's not the yeah. time. <laughs> so, we'll get in arguments on the internet over this later. So when I say campaign, I'm talking about the adventuring life of a character in one specific setting and story. Sure. 160 okay. hours. If I say an adventure, if I maybe I'll say a book. How about that? Okay. Would that make sense? Okay. Yeah. One book of this campaign. Sure. Is is this stretch of adventure? Okay. So I think it's important to think about things from beginning to end like that because, as a GM, doing leyliners, I now now that you guys are what, what level is is Esmond now? Five. Four. I think. Four. Okay, okay. So he's four. But now at level four, I'm starting to think, where does this character want to end up? 
like what's what's the ride off into the sunset if he lives mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like where what would be a good way to send off this character and i got to kind of i don't i don't get to decide all of that for myself but i have to start thinking about what's a resolution that would satisfy the player and the rest of the other players for that character has done what it came here to do and it's and it's over right a lot of that's a narrative though so it's mean, all it's all narrative yeah yeah I think for Esmond, it's probably beating Kelton to death in the middle of a crowded street, <laughs> and no. no one and no one stops. Lots him. of witnesses. No, actually, yeah. I know exactly what that moment is, and no one else gets. Don't to tell know. me. Don't tell me. I say for Savathian, it should just be swimming back in the ocean, like I'm gonna figure this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm level ten. And I'm for, going. Yeah. Get, for, get that handkerchief on a stick. Yeah. Dive in. <laughs> a bindle. Just, yeah, bindle it. For a guff, it's just out any have any civilized person be like, you're good, you're fine. Yeah. You're allowed to stay now. All right. Uh, well, I've introduced a lot of high-level stuff here to think about, and, and it's it's really interesting because anytime we have a discussion like this, there's a, there's a risk of losing focus, a risk of kind of getting into the weeds and, and not completing the game. However, the further we get, the more I, I start to think the loose ends we don't even have names for yet. Yeah. And, and we've got to kind of put them in categories at least so that we can tie them all together later. Yeah. So we think of sessions as like chapters. A session a is book. you sitting down. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. But in, in a way that, yeah. We, I, Those I are think, chapters to the book. Yeah. To the book. So, and yes. then the book creates a series. Yeah. Do you want to try to use book terms for this? I would think of that. That's an easy That's an easy entry point, so why not? Yeah. Okay. And again, also, on theme. more on, <laughs> and, and Everything that we can do to be on the theme that like, this is a story game. Mm-hmm. I am all for session zero. Be prologue. Yeah, uh, actually, that's not. Bad. Yeah, that's I good. Love that actually. But here, well, here's my problems with books: is that a lot of books have books in them. Yeah, like uh, yeah. this book. It says, "Oh, here I open this book, and it says book one. It's this. Book two is this. Book three mm. is this." Keeping it simple enough, if if it's just uh, each time you sit down is a new chapter. Yeah, wait, 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 tonight's wait. chapter. Yeah. 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 Don't give me that bullshit about, like, technically a chapter could be a group of people. If it's like, no, I'm talking about a chapter in a book, yeah. for fuck's sake. Like, well, we've already said, like, it, we've already broken things down by scenes, yeah. right? So yeah. they're, not, they're not so much encounters, they're scenes. Like, okay, in yeah. this scene, yeah. you're going to have a fight, you're going to have an escape, you're so, going to do yeah. this. So yeah. we'll go from, from Which is a solid scene, chapter. Yeah, scene to chapter, then book would be in a, it, the stand-in for an, uh, an adventure. Yes, and then we'll use the industry standard term campaign for the overall I, I arc. Or, still, or collection. I would pr- I would prefer well, series. I would prefer uh, series. Epic. Implies, yeah, Memoir. saga. 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 I like. Uh, okay, let me do saga. Because the saga can kind of keep on going. Like you don't know how many yeah. books are in it. Did oh. you know that um, saga is an Icelandic word that means saga? saga? Oh really? <laughs> well, yeah, it's a long story. Will you tell us? It's like, hey, do you know do you know the meaning behind the word saga? It's a long story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that or Odyssey. That's I well, the whole thing is, I think saga is infinitely a better word like because again campaign has a meaning and none of them fit well into the way that it's used in the rpg context it's not really a campaign unless there's a war in it right also campaigns are the accomplishment of a specific goal like Mm. we kicked you out of north africa campaign done well that but okay so in the pathfinder and DD world that is very precise like you start the campaign knowing knowing that a storm giant has taken over yeah. the mountains and is trying to kill all the little peoples of the world. You're trying to overthrow him. And that's the campaign. The, you know, the goal starting out very specific goal. You don't know how you're going to get there, how you're going to do it, mm-hmm. but it's, I like a cold open. I like to be like, this is your dude. You're going here. Oh no, we've wound up in a much larger situation than we first intended. Mm-hmm. I always like that story better. I've, I've, I've had it multiple ways like your mom and mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, like your mom, multiple ways. With a cold open. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't, I, the, the more we get into changing the words that we use, the more I think we actually create barriers for people switching over. True. You know what I mean? Like, that's my that's my biggest worry. Well, the literary entry, I think that's easy. I mean, every, I, I was going to say everyone reads books, but not everybody reads books. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I, I will say, if you're the type of person to run a game like this, I bet you've read a book or two. Yeah, the idea. The idea of we could we could just use adventure. How about yeah, that? Yeah. That that's that's people will get that. Yeah. No problem. And it, well, that's what this is your adventure. Is. First book of this adventure. Yeah. Is this? I'm using saga. And when care. you, I that's like fine. It. Well, no, but you string enough adventures together, then you got a saga. saga. Yeah. All right, that's good enough. Ep- episode forty nine in the bank or 
in the bank. In, in the, the can. In the can. In the can. Wait, this is a second cans reference of today, man. <laughs> yeah. You put cans on your I head. Wanna, I want to nominate uh, use film termography. This is a real one. That'll be uh, your first sit-down session is, is the first reel. Act one. Act one is real one. Acts and scenes are also not a bad I don't think they – okay. I don't think the acts work in this format. Because of the structure, yes. Yeah. However, thank you, everybody. Thank you, all of our listeners. We love you very much. Goodbye. Sleep good. Stay safe. No, you got to do the thing. Don't get sick. You got to do the sign-off, dude. Stay safe, Sandwatch. Wear a mask. Uh, Hand sanitize and get a good rest. (laughs) Yeah. Take your showers. Wash your ass. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If the game we're making sounds interesting to you, check us out at patreon.com slash RPGFS. $1 patrons get access to the cutting room floor, where all of the off-topic comedy that was cut out of episodes is curated for your enjoyment. $2 patrons get the updated character sheets that they can use to make their own characters in our system. $5 patrons get access to every rulebook we release as we update them. $10 patrons get to create custom NPCs for use in our actual play podcast, Layliners. Also, if you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Podchaser and Apple Podcasts. Every review helps. If you want to reach out to us with your gameplay ideas, please comment on our Patreon or tag us on Twitter. We are at Homebrew Ombres. Thank you all again, and until next time, stay safe, stand watch, and get a full rest. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.